bearing fruit is and how bearing fruit looks like. In today's text, we see this kind of phrase six times already. Jesus is saying that our lives should bear fruit, but what is exactly bearing fruit in our life? When I look at the way we live in terms of bearing fruit, we try to have the appearance of bearing fruit, not to truly bear fruit in life. We don't pay attention to the real stuff, but just the appearance, how people will see me, kind of area. In other words, we desire for the abundant life, the fruitful life, but we do not know what that means or we do not put our effort to bear fruit in life, in actual actuality. And because of this misunderstanding of what abundant life is, our life becomes poor and poor even though we strive to live that kind of abundant life, but it goes back, backward. Over the years and throughout, through our trials, we come to understand that things from outside will not guarantee us the abundant life. Material abundance will not make, will not make our life truly abundant. So my friends, do not risk your life to gather up more material abundance. I came to Canada in 1991, so it has been 27 years. By the way, that was the year Pastor Dave was born. <laughs> when we came to Toronto, we used to go to a Korean church in the neighborhood of Weston and Lawrence. So we often went to this Korean restaurant called Ureok. If you know this place, you will remember that the entrance area of that restaurant, they had a showcase kind of thing, window, and inside there's a, there were plastic models of the dishes they had. It was, I, was, I was kind of surprised by those models of dishes because back then, Korea did not have such showcase anymore. But when I visited Ureok and all that, I saw that plastic model of the dishes. If we just pursue the appearance of the abundant life without the content, and if we pursue to gather up the material stuff, our life can be one of those model dishes. It may look okay outside, but we cannot eat it nor taste it. By definition, fruit must yield to others, giving them joy and satisfaction. But if we continue to pursue only the outcome or appearance of bearing fruit or abundant life, our life will lose its life force and become lifeless the plastic existence. Let us ask ourselves, what is the reason for our economic activities? 
What is the purpose of our hard work and all that? We may gather up wealth and all that, but can we say that such life is the abundant life and bearing much fruit in this life? We think we are very smart, but we are foolish in many ways. We have this tremendous obsession that we must build our life by ourselves. We think there is no one out there to help us to build this life. As a result, we force ourselves to manufacture, not building up, manufacture our life by using manipulation here and there. We want just the result or appearance of abundant life that people can say, Yes, your life is abundant. But is that true? The unfortunate side effect of such life attitude is that we may become successful in our effort. Yes, we may achieve something. Even though we try just the, uh, try to have that appearance of abundant life. But because of that, we may continue to go on the wrong direction, not truly committing ourselves for abundant life. My friends, the abundant life is only possible when our existence becomes abundant. Not from outside, nor by the material stuff. When our existence becomes abundant, our life, becomes abundant, bearing much fruit in life. Whether you are young or old, whether you have much, less, doesn't matter. When your existence becomes abundant, whatever you do, whoever you meet, you will show them abundance in life. That is so true. Then how do we become abundant existence? How do we have this? That's what today's text is all about. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. When we have this genuine relationship with Jesus, who is the source of our life, our existence becomes abundant. The whole process is not manufacturing nor manipulating, but organic and natural. When our existence is filled with this life force, as a result, as a natural result, we'll be able to bear fruit in life. People around us will enjoy that abundance from us how we say it, how we relate ourselves to others, they will sense abundance from us. This is why Jesus is asking his disciples to abide in him multiple times 
in today's text. As a matter of fact, the word abide appears eight times in today's relatively short passage. But what does exactly abide, this word abide, mean? As I contemplated today's text for today's sermon, one phrase caught my eyes. That was verse 4. Abide in me as I abide in you. Ah, even though we may not fully understand the meaning of this word abide, what we know is that Jesus took the initiative and he did abide in his disciples and in us already. So message, the message about encouragement, promise, and confidence. With this, we will have better understanding of what Jesus is talking about in today's text. Such as in verse 3, you have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. It is Jesus' part of abiding in his disciples. In verse 7, Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, this too is Jesus' encouragement and care for his disciples to hold on to his words that are already in his disciples' hearts. Jesus is saying, guys, as I already dwell in you, you must hold on to my promise and my words and my love. As a matter of fact, today's passage is part of Jesus' farewell speech. Jesus knew he would be leaving his disciples soon. And as a way to take care of his disciples, Jesus left this passage to encourage his disciples. Jesus loved his disciples so much. And we can see he loved them until the end. He'll be gone. He'll be gone soon. But do not worry. I am in you. I will be with you all the time. When Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches, what he meant was, we are one. So hold on to my words, the life-giving words that are already in you. Do not be afraid. Do not look for anything else. But listen carefully to the words that I have already spoken to you. We now understand that the word abide is not a mechanical kind of process, but it is a Jesus commitment for his disciples and his love for them. They are one, and no one can separate them from each other. We all desire to live abundant life, then become the abundant existence first. Choose Jesus 
and hold on to Jesus' words that are already in you. When we have such abiding relationship with Jesus, our existence will be filled with life force and we will be able to bear fruit in life. And remember this, may our choosing be genuine and authentic. We cannot choose Jesus as if he's one of our many other choices. We cannot come to him with a divided heart. Remember what the prophet Jeremiah had to say to the Israelites a long time ago. He said, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can, can hold no water. When we abide in Jesus, it is our confession that Jesus is the only one. As Jesus showed his commitment and love for us, we too show our commitment and love for him. Only then we will be able to become abundant in many ways. That life-giving force will make our eyes open, see the things differently, have more appreciation of each other. And our commitment for life in general sense will become deep and genuine. I think that is abundant life itself. Reverend Nikki Kim began this spiritual movement called Inner Voice last year on the first day of June. It's been already one year. And I can see a change, transformation in me as well as others because of this inner, inner voice movement. It is like drizzle, but we are all soaked into the water of life giving words. The beauty of this spiritual discipline is that when we try to listen to the voice of God from the core of our existence, you know what will happen? We will be able to hear our own voice our own voice about this life, about my life, personal life, my life purpose, calling. And when we be able to listen to that more and more, passion is springing up from, from within. And we will pursue that direction, give ourselves all into that. That is abundant life, isn't it? So that, there's a beauty in that spiritual discipline. Not only just listening to God's words, but take it down, take it down deeply. That you will be able to hear your own authentic voice calling to yourself. I believe this is what abundant life is all about. Being able to hear your voice from your hearts. And that is the result of listening to God's words from our hearts. From this, everything will change. Everything will be different.
A spiritual leader, Thomas Merton, once said this, You cannot tell me who I am, and I cannot tell you who you are. If you do not know your own identity, who is going to identify you? Others can give you a name or a number, but they can never tell you who you really are. That is something you, yourself, can only discover from within. Being able to hear your voice from your heart is the result of abiding in Jesus and holding on to his words. And the words will open our eyes, heal our souls, and mend our relationships. The words will give us insights and understanding of life. And these are the characteristics of the abundant life. That is what verse 7 means. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It is not that we will have magical power in, in our prayers, no. But our prayers will become like Jesus. Jesus' concern will become our concern and Jesus' dreams for this world become our dream for the world. When that happens, Our God will not take care of it. As you know, the North and South leaders of Korea had a meeting in Panmunjom yesterday or so. And when I watched that, I was so glad that now we can have this hope of living in peace together. I believe that's what our Lord wants to see happening in the Korean Peninsula. When we abide in Jesus and hold on to his words closer to our hearts, Jesus' prayer will become our prayers, praying for the peace in the world. Not only that, God will fill our hearts with new vision for the world and will help us to commit ourselves to the things that are concerning to God's glory. We had mission dinner, as Peter shared last night, and I thank God for another great year. Everything was abundant. The food, the performances, the donations, and the volunteers. When everyone is abiding in Jesus, we will become one, connecting to each other through Jesus. That is the secret of community. When we abide in Jesus, more and more have genuine relationship with Jesus, we as a community is forming. And we feel that we are one in that sense. That is the spiritual uh, secret. It is my blessing to see that happening in our church. I thank God for that. Next year, you got to uh, purchase the ticket sooner, right? It, it's, it's sold out like in two or three weeks. The food was great. This is the spiritual blessing, and this is how our God works in us. No other places in the world can we experience such abundance. It is the result of our members who are taking God's words seriously. 
meaning with reverence and joy. What a blessed community we have. The funds we raise from mission dinner will be used majorly for the children in Madagascar. As you may know, a few classrooms were damaged by the cyclone in January this year. We want to restore their hope and we want to share our abundance with them. That's why we served in each our own way at mission dinner. If we believe in Jesus and if we love Jesus, we are all called to be his disciples, to become the channel of God's abundance for this world. My dear friends, Jesus abides in us with his words to bless our existence. Let us hold on to his words and let the life-giving words enrich our existence so that we become the channel of God's abundance for this broken world. That is the way we are fulfilling our vision that we as church stand for the weak and vulnerable. May God bless you and may you become faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. I would like to invite priest team to come out and sing together.